Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Genesis chapter 3. We only read verses 4 and 5 today. Verses 4 and 5. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So we saw Satan's greatest bait and deadliest poison in Genesis chapter 3 verse 5. And that is why we have read today Genesis chapter 3 verses 4 and 5. One of the things we saw the last time is that we saw Satan's true agenda. His true agenda in this event that we saw in the Garden of Eden. And we went quickly forward to the wilderness of temptation. We look at these two incidents. The incident we saw in the Garden of Eden and the parallel incident in the New Testament, which was actually in the wilderness of temptation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we look through these two events, we saw Satan's true agenda in what he was doing here in the Garden of Eden. The, the fact was that Satan didn't care for Eve. He didn't care for Adam. He could care less about both of them, really. He was just using them as a pawn. He has an agenda. He was stepping upon their life. He was stepping upon their destiny. It doesn't matter to Satan whether they get destroyed in the, in, in the process. The devil has an agenda. He's a liar. He did not and does not care about anybody else. He did not care about Eve. He does not care about you. He has his own agenda and he's pursuing his own agenda and he's using and wrecking people's life in the process just to fulfill his own agenda. The agenda of getting back at God and the agenda of fulfilling his own selfish desire and ambition for power and totalitarian domination. That is what the devil has always been after. He wants to be like God. He wants worship. He wants to be like the most high. He wants people to worship him. And that is what we tried it before <laughs> and it was thrown out. Now he saw another chance for him to have a second bite of the sherry. And Satan set out to steal the dominion that God gave to Adam and Eve. And that is what this was all about. It is in this Genesis chapter 3 that the devil got his hand on this power. It was not ease. It was a power. It was a dominion that God gave to Adam and Eve. God said, come, let us create man in our own image and after our own likeness and let them have dominion. That was the power the devil was after. That was the agenda that the devil was after. So what we're going to do now is to take a closer look at this lie. This Genesis chapter 3 verse 5, we're going to take a closer look at this lie that the devil sold to Eve. This bait that Eve actually swallowed hook, line, and sinker. We want to take a look, a closer look at it. So Genesis chapter 3 verse 5, let's read it again. I know I've read it a couple of times now, but let us read it again. Genesis chapter 3 verse 5, For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. So let's take a look at this slide. So there are two or three things in this sentence that we have read. Number one, Satan say, we are looking at the lies of the devil. The number one lie here that Eve bought, that he sold to Eve and Eve bought and also share with 
her husband. The first lie is your eyes shall be open. That's the first lie. And we're going to look a little bit closer into that today. Number two is you shall be as gods. Now that is the number two is consequence number one, but we are going to pay closer attention to number one today and number two, hopefully in another teaching. So number one lie is your eyes shall be open. Number two lies is that you shall be as God. God's, and as a consequence of that, maybe we can call that number three, but the number three is as a consequence of number one and number two, as a consequence of the fact that your eyes shall be open and you shall be as God. As a consequence of that, you will know good and evil. I want to read Matthew Paul's commentary, his comment on this Genesis chapter three, verse five, and he's trying to put in another word, what the devil is saying, okay? And this is what the devil is telling Eve. If you will have the whole truth of the matter and God's design in that prohibition, it is only this. He knoweth that you shall be so far from dying that you shall certainly be entered into a new and more noble kind of life and the eyes of your mind, which are now shut, as to the knowledge of a world of things shall then be open and see things more fully and distinctly. I thought he brought this out really, really nicely. I'll read it again. This is what this, the devil, this is what Satan was telling Eve. If you will have the whole truth of the matter and God's design in that prohibition, in other words, God was not telling you the truth, that there is a reason why God prohibited you from eating that fruit. And he said, this is it. Let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you the truth of the matter. Obviously, we know it's not the truth of the matter. We know it's a liar. He said, God knoweth that you shall be so far from dying. In other words, you are not going to die. Okay. That you shall certainly be entered into a new and more noble kind of life. In other words, once you eat this food, your estate will be promoted. You will enter into a higher kind, into a higher realm of life. The, the realm of the gods. This is what the devil was selling to them. He said, and the eyes of your minds, which are now shut. Now, this is very, very important because when the devil told them that their eyes shall be open, what he's telling them is that now your eyes are shut. Now, when you eat this fruit, your eyes, the eyes of your mind, which are now shut to the knowledge of a world of things shall then be open and you will see things more fully and distinctly. So we, we are going to look at this this lie that the devil told them. Remember, there are three well, three issues here. Number one, your eyes shall be open. Number two, you shall be as God. And as a consequence of those two, number three, you will know good and evil. So one of the things I want to say straight away is that you will see that there is actually a grain of truth in what Satan told Eve. Okay? And this is very, very important. There's actually a grain of truth in what the devil told Eve. Eve. Let's read. After all this was done, there was something that God said concerning this event. We're going to go a little bit forward. We'll we catch up later. I want to read Genesis chapter 3, and we are going to read verses 22 and 23. So Genesis chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. And this is God speaking here. And this was after Eve and Adam have committed, you know, the rebellious act. And this is what God said. And the Lord said, Genesis chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, And the Lord said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, 
to know good and evil. Do you remember that that was what part of what the devil said? Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. Now, we are going to come back to this later. But I want you to see, what, what I want you to see here is that there was a grain of truth in what Satan told Eve. And that is always the problem, isn't it? Sometimes things are happening and, and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to alert people. You're trying to warn them and say, but, 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 there's, but he's a good man, but he's doing a good, there's a little goodness, there's this, and there's that little grain of truth, there's that little grain of, but this goodness that sometimes makes people to get reining into a Ponzi scheme or to, 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 to buy or to swallow a lie. So God indeed said in that verse 22 that we have just read that man, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. But this is the problem. The devil sold Eve half truth. He didn't tell them the whole truth. He sold Eve half-truth. And what do we normally say of half-truth? We, we normally say that half-truth is dangerous. Half-truth is dangerous. What the devil did was to conveniently and studiously conceal the whole truth from Eve. He didn't tell Eve the result, the outcome of our action. So I'm going to say that again. Yes, there was a grain of truth in what the devil told Eve, but he conveniently and studiously concealed the whole truth from Eve. For one thing, he didn't tell Eve what will be the outcome. And we've said it, and I'm going to repeat it. We all know that half-truth is very, very dangerous. Okay, so let's look at this. Let's look at that claim. Your eyes shall be open. Your eyes shall be open. Now, I want to explain what is going on. You know, that, that phrase, your eyes shall be open. To help us in understanding that phrase, I'm going to go to 2 Kings chapter 6. There was an event in 2 Kings chapter 6 that involved Elisha and the king of Syria. You remember that story? That was the story of the king of Syria who came to war to fight against Israel. So that was in 2 Kings chapter 6. This event actually helped throw light on the meaning of this phrase, your eyes shall be open. Now, I'm not going to read the whole, the whole story, but it's in 2 Kings chapter 6. We are going to read a couple of verses, but let me give you the background. So the first thing is that the king of Syria came against the king of Israel, a king Israel in war. But what this king of Syria was not counting on was the prophet Elisha, this man of God. So what happened is that Elisha was consistently foiling and exposing all his military plan. All the military plan, all the military campaign of the Syrian army, Elisha was exposing it, was foiling it to the king of Israel. Now, it came a time that the Syrian king had enough. So he said, Elisha, Elisha must die. Elisha must go. So what he did was he sent a platoon of army. He dispatched them. They have only one job to do. Get rid of Elisha. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure I know what he was thinking because if Elisha could know what has been happening all along, I'm not sure why he didn't think that Elisha would know even of this plan. But that was his plan. Get rid of Elisha. Execute him. That was the plan. Remember, what we are trying to do is not to talk about this story. <laughs> Our plan is to look at what it means when the Bible, when Satan was 
telling if your eyes shall be open. So back to the story of Elisha and the king of Syria. So the king of Syria sent this platoon of armies, go and kill Elisha. So in the event that follows, the eyes of two group of people were open. Now that is, this is where, why I brought you here. So, so the army left, they have only one instruction, kill Elisha. Now, what then transpired, we saw two groups of people whose eyes were open because this is what is going to help us with Genesis chapter 3. Number one, Elisha's servant's eyes was open. So that was the first eye that was open. Number two, the whole Syrian army, the Bible tells us that their eyes were open. So what was going on here? Let us read just three verses. We read verses 15 to 17. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth. Behold, an host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. His servant said unto him, in other words, his servant sent unto Elisha, Alas, my master, how shall we do? In other words, he's saying, <laughs> man of God, we are dead. That's what he's saying. Verse 16, And Elisha answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now, this is a problem. Elijah's servant can only see all this army, which is what everybody can see. But El El this, that's what the servant can see. But Elijah saw something nobody else is saying. And Elijah prayed a prayer, verse 17. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Bible says, and the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. That is very, very important. Remember, this young man, he was not physically blind. In fact, he has perfect eyesight, okay? <laughs> he, didn't, he was not using glasses. He doesn't have cataracts. He saw perfectly. Everybody, he saw what everybody was saying. We have all these hosts on horses and chariots that are surrounding us. He saw perfectly. He saw physically perfectly, but he could not see into the realm of the spirit, okay? And Elisha could see that, but he couldn't. So Elisha prayed that God will open his eyes. What eyes here? Remember what we read in that commentary. It was the eyes of his mind. It was the eyes of his spirit. Elisha was praying that God will open the eyes of this young man to see beyond the physical, to see into the spiritual. And the Bible says, and the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariot of fire round about Elisha. Now, that is the one way of saying this man can see, he saw chariots, he saw horses, but he saw only the chariot and horses of the Syrian army. That is all he can see. But there were another chariots. There were another horses, but these are chariots of fire. These were angels. This was not a make-believe. There were realities that this boy could not see, but Elijah could see that. And God opens his eyes, obviously not physical eyes. God opened the eyes of his mind. God opens the eyes of his spirit so he can now see into the realm of the spirit. So that is one form of seeing. Now let's read another portion because something has happened. So we are going to read now. We are still in Second King chapter six, and we are now going to read verses eighteen to twenty. Now what then happened is that this army came, verse eighteen, and when they came down to him, that is to Elisha. Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, "Smite these people, I pray thee, with blindness." And he smote them with blindness. So these are a group of people that started out with perfect vision. But Elijah prayed and they became physically blind. According to the word of Elijah, verse 19. And Elijah said unto them, 
this is not the way. Okay, let, let's go back. Let's go back. So Elisha prayed, God spoke with gladness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, this is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. Okay. <laughs> verse 20 and it came to pass when they came unto Samaria that Elisha said Lord open the eyes of this man that they may see and the Lord opened their eyes that day and they saw now the difference between them and Elisha's servant is that this is a physical eyes that was blinded first by Elisha and then that was opened by Elisha so this was an opening of eyes that was physical Okay, and the Bible, let me finish reading it. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw, and behold, where were they? They were in the middle of Samaria. Now, I've read that we could go in a tangent talking about these two group of people, but that is not where we are going. The reason why we came to this story, and we could have picked any other story, is to actually look at the usual way the Bible used this phrase eyes being open. This story actually helped us to see the usual biblical use and meaning of that phrase. Okay, so the first meaning of that phrase is when sight is restored to somebody that is blind. That's the first way the Bible used this word. Eyes being open is the restoring of sight to the blind. And that was the case with respect to the army. Their physical vision, their physical eyes were blinded, they lost their vision, and Elisha prayed again, and their eyes were open. They, their physical sight was restored. But there's a second way in which the Bible used this phrase, eyes being open, and that is what we see in the case of Elisha's servant. It is the impartation of power to perceive object that otherwise you cannot see. It is the impartation of power to perceive physically, mentally, spiritually object that you cannot otherwise see, that is otherwise not discernible unless God opens your eyes. You have your physical eyes. For example, angels are here, but we cannot see them. God opened your eyes to see them, okay? You see, there are demons. God can open your eyes to see them. For example, you cannot see air. You can feel it, but God can open your eyes and you can actually see the movement, okay? But what we are saying here is that the second way the Bible used this phrase is when God supernaturally impart the power onto an individual to be able to see beyond the physical, either physically, mentally, or spiritually, to be able to see beyond the obvious and actually perceive and design the things that otherwise will otherwise be impossible. So as we have seen, as we have seen, Satan attacks God's character and motivations. So that was where I started from. He's saying, in essence, that God is not good, that he's not loving, and as such, he's not trustworthy. We've, we've talked about that. He slandered God's character. Then Satan then told Eve, you are blind. You think you can see, but your eyes are closed and will remain closed unless you eat the forbidden fruit. So Satan was telling Eve, you are blind, but they are not physically blind. It is clear that he's not talking about physical blindness here because they were not physical. I mean, they are con Eve was, you know, having this conversation with, with, with the serpent. She can see the fruit of the tree. Remember we said it's not necessarily an apple. <laughs> the Bible didn't tell us what type of fruit it is. Eve can see it and we are going to see later that she saw that. So the issue here 
is not physicalized. In fact, what the devil was telling Eve is that don't be deceived. Even though you can physically see, you are actually blind. There's something God is holding away from you. Okay. So Satan was offering them the attainment of higher and exclusive wisdom. That is what Satan was. There is something more. There is a higher wisdom. There is an exclusive wisdom. Satan was offering Eve the key to gaining God-like wisdom and as such experience through power. He was saying, look, you think you have something. There is something more. There is something God is keeping away from you. There is, a, there is an exclusive wisdom. There is a higher wisdom. There is a God-like wisdom and it was telling Eve that the way to gain that knowledge is to actually eat this fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that the reason God told you not to eat it is because God wants you God wants to keep you away from this deeper this exclusive wisdom that invariably will enable you to experience true power. That is what connects us to the second lie. We'll come to that in another teaching. And this is the lie that the devil was selling to Eve that, look, this is the key. The key here is for you to eat the fruit. The reason God prohibits you from that is because he doesn't want to share the glory with you. He doesn't want you to be like one, like him. And if you eat it, your eyes will be open. You will attain this higher and exclusive wisdom. If you eat of this fruit, you will gain this God-like wisdom. And that will open a world of experience for you that is totally strange for you, to you now. You think you are enjoying all these things in the Garden of Eden. God is just keeping you quiet by giving you all this little, little experience. There is, I want to take you to the treasure house. Eat the fruit. And then you will have opened up before you this godlike wisdom that will give you access to unlimited godlike power. Is that the case? Of course not. <laughs> we are going to stop there today. By the grace of God, we'll pick it up here. We are still on this number one lies, and we are looking, taking a closer look at the lies of the devil and how Eve fell for it, and consequently, how pull her husband into the same, you know, the same experience with her. And I want you, I want you listening to me. If you are here, you are not born again. Look, all those things that excite you, that all those things that excite you, that the devil is calling life, that is not life. There's a way that seeming good to him. And the end of that is a place of death. Okay. There is only one name that is given among men, whereby we can be saved. God is a good God. God, when God asks us to do something or not to do something, it's for our own good. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You can come to him, turn your back on this lie of the devil that tells you that when you die, that's the end of it. It's not the end of it. That sin is good. That is not true. That, you know, there's no God. That is not true. That there's all those lies, they are lies. Okay, it is given unto man to die once and after that there will be judgment. But God doesn't want you to be judged. He has provided a way out. And you can ask Jesus Christ into your life tonight and he will walk with you. He will make you godly. He will make you godlike. And you will experience the true wisdom. You will experience the true power. And when this is all over, you will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and new earth. Do it today, right now. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. 
Thank you.